the whole idea of, of listening to, to God uh, speak to your heart, the, the timing was perfect. So we praise the Lord for that and thank you. Um, this morning, as we look at the message for this morning, we are going to deal with the whole idea of um, see if we can get it in, keeping it real with God. Whenever we start anything, if we're going to solve a problem, we have to always get to the point of making sure that we first start in the spiritual realm. You hear me say that over and over again. Then we work into the physical realm. That's, that's how you ensure you're going to come out on top. Keeping the real on God, so in God. So we talk about that with God, and as we talk about 139 verses of 1 to 24. Um, but my desire is that each one of us will grasp it and use it to the glory of God. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. Now help me to clearly share with your people. I pray, Lord, for receptive hearts. For if we're not real with you, then we have not been real with ourselves. And we won't be real with others. So help us to learn the basic lane, uh, area here, Lord, of just going and start being real with you. Lead and guide us. Great is your faithfulness. For in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. That's the ESV version. Search me. They have even a song about search me, O God. And my question is, just how serious are we when it comes down to asking God, search me, oh God? And so what we want to do then is to move us to the 23rd and 24th verses. But there are other verses from 1 to 24 that, um, uh, that sets the pace. Because we're talking about three areas here, and that's the last thing that he says. But you have to understand the first two things that he, he, he says before he gets to search me, oh God. Okay? Uh, we'll be looking at some principles and everything else as we go through this. My prayer is that um, you will be blessed in the process. If we determine to stay with the plan uh, from uh, two, uh, to about 2018 and to keep it real in 2019, I think that's so important. 18 is stay with the plan. If you're going to stay with the plan, keep it real. See how to begin to connect together? If you're not real, you're not going to stay with the plan. If you don't stay with the plan, you won't have the outcome. It will be a physical outcome, but there will be no spiritual thing that will bring glory to God. God says, I have a, I have a plan. Stay with the plan. you work out okay. Embracing the concept. We should be aware of, of several imperatives connected to keeping it real. One, let me read it together. It demands that we are always honest with God. 
And then we just kind of ask the question as we go through it. Am I, am I always honest with God? You know, here's the next one. What? It demands that we are always honest with ourselves. Next, it demands that we embrace the reality of the moment and immediately apply biblical principles to address it. Whenever you are in a moment, it could be stressful, it could be discouraging, and God is saying, okay, you're there. Here's where you are right now. What are you supposed to do biblically before you start telling folks and putting it on Facebook and everything else? What are you supposed to do biblically right now? And the Lord says, cast what? Cares upon him because he what? He cares for you. See, So I, I think that's, that's so important as we move along here. It deters uh, Satan's efforts to get us uh, to ignore. Uh, let's see, this kind of... It kind of, that thing kind of moved out of the way uh, and uh, ignore and even uh, 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 disobey the Lord in the process. I had to show on that screen there a little bit there what happened. Our honesty with God will guarantee our being more in tune and productive for his glory. Clarifying our thoughts for this morning. What would it take to keep it real and what are the necessary steps? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I said I have a confession. Uh, you would have never known it. It's just one of the things of, of being here at the church and things that happens and everything else. And then making the transition, um, I'm keeping the word, understand, keep it real. I said there's some things that need to be uh, cleared up and everything else. We're down to that doorbell and everything else. We put a new doorbell in and a new mailbox. And I uh, said, well, since we don't need the new, uh, uh, the old uh, mail, you know, the line there, then I'll just take that out of there. Well, taking that out and going into the other room, I went and snipped it, but under it was the a wire that was to our uh, security. And so when I saw the little spark, I said, mm. Now, why is that spark there? Until so I said, oh, oh well, I, I see now, no security. And so I said, okay, then, um, you know, so I called them, and they said, well, how did this happen? <laughs> you know, I could have said, you know, we ran into some technical difficulties, and, uh, you know, the process of it, the wire was seven, no. I said, I did a stupid thing. Here's what I did. And I did this, this, this. They said, okay, we'll send a technician out. Matter of fact, we'll send him out tomorrow. I said, okay. When the technician got here, he said, big guy, you know, and he said, uh, uh, good morning and everything else. I said, well, what happened? I said, I said, I did a very dumb thing. In the course of cutting the wire, I didn't see the wire underneath the other, and so I severed it, and that's why. And he said, no problem. I said, I'll get this thing hooked up. And so, sure enough, he put it in much better. It looks much better. And then he said, let me put some new connections on and everything else and everything. But meanwhile, the Lord said, now, you see, the thing is, when you keep it real, you don't have to have any secrets. Because when you hold secrets, you lie to yourself. You disobey God. And sooner or later, it'll be found out. So I just laid it all out. I, I cut the wire, and that's what they did. And it was, 
Because you see, if it's not that little test, it'll be another one. And another one. And another one. And the question is this. When you are in a situation where you are required to tell the truth, quit him and harming around. Tell the truth. Don't worry about how people respond. <laughs> I, I know he that have an ear to hear, <laughs> let him hear. I'll outline then. Uh, let us consider at least three steps in involving our thoughts and actions through the course of the day. Uh, David's perception, David's position, and then David's prayer. But when you look at the Psalms from 1 to 24, you'll see that it's broken down into three basic areas that the Lord brought to my heart. And I said, let me see, a lot of times what's the easiest thing to do is run to a commentary. That means they spent the time and you didn't spend the time. You spend the time, and a lot of times you find that the co uh, commentaries agree with what you came up with. So, the, so you start off with what the Lord is telling you. So, we, so that's what has happened at this point. First, David's perception. And that's verses 1 through 6. David's perception is in the spiritual realm. Remember, we always start off in the spiritual. Uh, to the choir master, Psalm of David, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before the word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. He goes on to say this. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is, is too wonderful for me. It is high. I can't attain it. Well, as we looked at verse then, observation. As David described God's characteristics and environment, however, there is a subtle and timeless principle that is embedded in the process. Whatever you possess must be, must be meaningful, manageable, and well, uh, uh, and well and productive. Now get this now. And this is where I had to pause for station identification. I want you to listen carefully. Please listen carefully. Whenever you want God to bless you, there's a built-in pressure or problem in it. Whenever you get a blessing, there's, there's, there's something that is embedded in it that's going to keep you working. Let me get you. Let me get you, let me get you. Here, watch this. Someone gives you a new car. Praise God, I have a new car. All right, now that you have a new car, what do you have to do? Insurance. Take care of it. And I not see what I'm saying? Now stay with me. Then if a person gives you a new home, what do you have to do? Take care of it. Pay the tax and everything else. I want a child. Okay. You got your baby. What do you have to do? Did that change those diapers? Take care. You see what's, what's built into it? A lot of times folks say, I just want, I just want, I want to get married. Well, what do you think is going to be built into that? You see, what happened is this. Please understand me. Let me take you just a little bit deeper. When it says, God so loved the world, he knew that when he took you on, all of the problems and the headaches 
And guess what? He decided to choose you in the beloved forever. Meaning that he's willing to process and be there for you throughout all eternity. And so, when he, so, so here's David saying, Lord. And so David's giving us a good theology lesson. He said, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You were committed to me. Lord, I thank you that you chose me before the foundation of the world and you chose all of my weaknesses and frustrations and messing up. You chose me. This is more than a verse that you read. It's a way of life. Bad theology caused bad living and bad thinking, bad words. Somehow you think you're in control. You're not in control. God is. Notice David's close observation about God. His first, his omniscience. That word omniscient means being all-knowing. So guess what? You start seeing the word in, in the verse. The key words were know, search, discern. You know my thoughts are far off. The Lord says, you know, you know, you know. Don't try to be slick with God. He knows. And he knows how much you can bear. God our Father has an ongoing method of observation and discernment. You see it here, 2 Chronicles 16.9. Let's read it together. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to give strong support to those whose hearts is blameless toward him. Where is support going to? Those whose heart is blameless, what? Toward him. God knows you. And if you have positioned yourself to walk with him, he got your back. Jeff, God has your back. Dave, God has your back. Donna Person, Brandon, all the ones that are going through things right now, God has your back. But there's something you have to do. You see that? You see the clause there? Whose heart is blameless toward him. Now we see how we're building up to that last five. I'll search my heart. Then David's position. Verses 14 to 22. That's the biggest bulk of the verses here. David knew the profound importance of his uh, observation. Notice his response. I praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. Uh, my soul, it very well. Now, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in the secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw. See what it says? I praise you. My soul knows well. My frame said, Lord, you know about my frame. It says, your eyes, you saw my unformed substance in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were found, formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Now how precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God, how vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand I awake and I am still with you. 
Oh, that you would uh, slay the wicked, O oh God, O oh men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. I do not, do I not, do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Of course, Lord, the Lord did not want him to do that. God would know why. Jesus Christ came along and says, what? Love your enemies. Well, Lord, they're doing all of that stuff. If they're doing all of that stuff to you, you know I hate them. You're so wonderful. I hate them for doing that to my daddy. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. When I chose you, I took your good and bad. And even when you were bad and didn't know about me, I took it because I chose you. You remember a possession? You could be blessed, but understand that built into it is the maintenance program. And David is saying, David, of course, not understanding from that point at this point, it's almost like, uh, and some of, the, some of the verses here, you have what, what do they call an imprecatory prayer. The imprecatory prayer is, Lord, take the, have their baby be thrown against the wall. And, you know, in other words, you, you're saying, Lord, do this to them and do this to them. The Lord says, no, that's not what I want to do because I want to change their mind. I want to change their hearts. And so David has two things going for him. The first thing is he's thrilled. He says, Lord, I am so thrilled. So let's see if we can break it down then. Observe David's response to God and his enemies. His response to God awesome works, verses 14 to 18, our gratitude to our God, our Father, if not an occasional acknowledgement, but an eternal expression. His response to the enemy of God, 19 to 22, question. Does the hatred and negativity of this world respond, uh, this world, response to God upset you? Why or why not? If what they're saying about God, does that bother you? How to make fun of our Lord, does that bother you? The greater appreciation that we have for our loved ones, when someone does something or says something about them, doesn't bother you? That my question is, here's a God who have chosen you before the foundation of the world. You mean it doesn't bother you when they make fun of him? When they reject him? When they deny him? When they curse him? And then turn and make fun of you? You mean it doesn't affect you? That my concern is not the world. Uh -uh. My concern is where we are in our theology. Bad theology. David says, David says, Lord, you're so wonderful. I, he says, it's, you, you, you got me before and behind. You hem me in. I'm all hooked up. He says, but I hate those enemies. Kill them. In, in the midst of all of this, the Lord says nothing as he says, uses psalms. For the psalms is, is a book. It starts off with, with man, uh, God blessing man. And then what happens is it ends up with man blessing God. And so we find that David now is working through the psalms. And the psalm hits every part of our lives. 
So as we look at Dave, Dave and, his, and this, so does the hatred and negativity of this world re response to God upset you? Why, why or why not? If you say, why does it accept you, uh, upset you? What would you jot down? Why not? You, you see, you can't take a middle of the road here. When you love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. There's some things that are not funny. When it talks about my wonderful Lord, I'd rather not hear it or be around the individuals that say it. I'm going to go through my Facebook, and I'm going to let the folks know. If your words and attitudes are inconsistent with where, what I personally believe, you know, you want to go ahead and drink and do all those things and then put it on Facebook and you're a believer? Okay. Uh, I will defriend you. I'm not looking for likes. You see what happens is a lot of folks put out a lot of things and then they keep checking on how many likes they get, you know. Uh, every half an hour, you know, did they get a couple more likes? No, I like this, like, or comments. And they overlook the fact, did you ever get a like from God? Did you, do you know that if you get one like from God, it's worth all of the likes that will be given to you? Do you know we're missing the mark here? Oh, well, let me move on. We come then to our last part. You've been very patient. David's prayer. Now, if you, you've seen so far about, uh, about God, and then he, how he was, saw this, how wonderful that God, I had, God have made me. He says, where can I flee from your presence? He said, Lord, you, you're there, you're there. You're everywhere. He said, this is too wonderful for me. Then he goes on to say, the verses that we start off with, search me, O God, and know my heart. Help me to keep it real with you. Try me and know my thoughts. And to see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in a way everlasting. I want you to make sure that you look at the verbs. Okay. Uh, first, we were looking at, at uh, some of the pronouns, you know, uh, but, uh, earlier. But now we look at some verbs. And, and you, you see them right there. Well, let's call them out. What's the first one? Search, Search me. The next one? No. The next one? The next one? See, okay. Then, then the next one? And so just in case, let's, let's see if we can kind of move this, move this along here. And uh, it should be coming up. Observation, there are five things that David expressed in his prayer to the, the God he loved. Search me. Discern the thoughts and intentions of my heart. Search me. Lord, I'm going to keep it real this morning. And I want you to search me. It might break my heart. It might hurt my feelings. But search me. Do you want God to search you? Well, he already knows, but I'm just letting you know. <laughs> okay, here, here's the next one. What is it? Determine my lifestyle. See whether the things that I'm doing away from church, at home, see whether the things that I'm doing is consistent with your, your will and your way. The next one? Put me through the test. You know, before you get a car, 
I hope that when you're, when you're buying a car, you drive it first. You go in for a test drive and you try it and you, and you, once you have tried the car and everything else, you come to the conclusion, I'll buy it considering the price is right. But you know you want it, but you know you want to get it down a little bit lower. But you, you, you tried, you put it through the test. There are some things that God is permitting in our lives not to destroy us, not personally to hurt us. He doesn't have an attitude with, with you. Matter of fact, you can't fight with God. There's one person who says, your, your arms are too short to box with God. So this is not a struggle here. So then he puts you through the test because he's, putting you, he's trying you, putting you through the test because you are his eternal children. He's preparing you for eternity. And he's building you up for the next test. Don't think that you have one test and you won't have any more tests. Please, please. Everyone that God greatly used, everyone that God greatly used, follow it, follow, follow the trail. Job, remember Job? Lost seven sons, three daughters, almost one whole year. They call it, one of the physicians called it uh, elephantitis, what he had as far as that disease was concerned. His, his friends, his family, he was all alone. That was tragic, wasn't it? After God tested him, did you ever look at what the outcome was? God gave him seven more sons and says three more daughters and they were the fairest in all the land. Oh, and then the Lord dropped in something else. And Job lived 140 years after that incident. Every time that you see something happens like this, God always have a tendency to bless after you come out of it. Okay. So then try me. Then the next one is what? <clears throat> see me. Establish the truth about me. Give me your conclusion. See if there be any wicked way within me. Lord, tell me what your conclusion is concerning me. I, I need to know. I want to keep it real in 2019. And if there's something in me that's inconsistent with your word, with your plans for me, then Lord, I'm saying, take it out. Then he says, the last one, what? Lead me. Give me instructions that will have an eternal impact. After you see, after, you, after the sum of what you say, regardless of what other folks are saying about you, people change their mind. Hosanna, Hosanna, crucify him. They change their mind. But when God comes up with a conclusion, and when you have the blessings of the Lord on your life, when God is pleased with your life, I can imagine Mary, hail Mary, full of grace, blessed art thou among, among women. Why? He says, because you have, you have found favor with God. And God wants you to, uh, favor is earned, it's not guaranteed. Not the favor I'm talking about. It's because you've been faithful, because you've been in the word. And David, see, David has not been the best, the best guy in town, you know. 
There's a lot of things that David, David did from, um, from being faithful and taking care of the sheep and then turning around and, and being a fighter, dealing with the giant, and then a failure, dealing with Bathsheba. I mean, he's, he was going through. And yet and still, the Lord considered that David a man after his own heart. I want you to be a part of that club. I want you to understand that if you're going to be a part of that club, you have to keep him real. That's why I started off with God. Be honest with God. See, then we can talk about the other subjects. There's a couple coming in for counseling tomorrow night. And um, I have some concerns. Not because of all of the baggage that they're coming in with. It's who they're not coming in with. If God was in the center of it, they wouldn't be coming for counseling. So I know that automatically it's a spiritual problem long before it's a physical problem. So I'm not going to spend all this time talking about he said, she said, she did this, and she thought, and all that. I'm not going through that. You're not going to mess my house up like that. I will first deal with them in the spiritual realm and then let them know, if you don't get it right with God now, there's nothing, I can't help you. Because I'm his representative. I can't help you. Because since you're not real with God, you're not real with yourself and with each other, it's not going to work. The bulk of the problems in the marriage is a spiritual one, not a physical one. Well, forgive me. Let me just close this thing out. One last thing. And that one last thing is this. Your decision today will set the pace and, and the pattern for tomorrow. Please, choose to keep it real so that, God can, so that you can experience God's best for your life. So that you can say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I challenge you. I'm challenging Donald Rackett. I'm challenging you to do this. That there, before this day is over, the question is going to say, are you keeping God real? In your comments, in your thoughts, in your actions. And everything you do is not an accident. You didn't accidentally. You did it because you wanted to. And God wants to break the want to, to put it all on the altar. Everybody with me on that? Well, if not, amen lights. Because it's my desire, my heart's desire, is that when you stand before the Lord, he'll be pleased with each one of your lives. That's my job. Keep it before you. And pray that you receive it. I can't make you take it. You got to take it. As we stand for prayer, if you're an individual that wants to pray at this point, I'd like to pray with you. Say, Lord, I want to keep it real in 2019. I wasn't, I wasn't doing it in 2018. But, but, but I do want to keep it real in 2019. If you're that person, I would like to pray for you. I would like the same type of love that David had for for the Lord. Do you know how he felt when he sinned against God with Bathsheba? Do you know how he felt at that connectivity for one whole year he was in torments? 
And God had to send, he had to send Nathan to help him to fess up and, and, and make it, keep it real. And here's what he said in keeping it real. He said, Lord, against thee and thee alone have I sinned. And that was, a, that was a turning point on his way back into that deep fellowship with the Lord. My prayer for you, 2019, I stand with you. Lord, I want to keep it real. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me. It's me. Lord, I just pray right now for the saints of God. I thank you that you made an investment in our lives knowing everything we would do. You still chose us before we were even born, before the foundations of the world. You wrote our names down, sent your son. He died on our, uh, our behalf. And then you went further and claimed us as your children, not just just justified but your children and we're now a part of your family forever and then you make the commitment that throughout all eternity you will always be the same always providing always working on our behalf thank you Lord you're worthy of all the praise and the honor and the glory that is due your name and I pray, Lord, for the saints who are standing. I pray that 2019 will be a victorious year. Starting from the inside, walking with you. Out as we deal with the world. Thank you for what you're going to do in these lives. You know our weaknesses and our shortcomings. It's no shock to you. You're not going to push us away. You just want us to be real. And help us to do just that. So we commit this day to you. We commit the saints to you. And if there be one that do not know you as their savior today, help them stop playing the game. They know exactly what they need to do. Keep it real. Keep it real by saying, I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. That Jesus Christ was, uh, was crucified on the cross of Calvary. He died and he was buried and he rose again. And I ask that you forgive me of my sins and make me a part of your family. I just pray toward that end. Thank you for what you're going to do in the lives. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said. Is what I need. 
righteousness, righteousness is what you want for me, for me, faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness is what I long for, it's what I long for, it's what I need. what you want for me. Take my heart, take my heart and mold it. Take my mind, take my mind, transform it. Take my Thank you, Pastor, for that word. Way to start the year off with a bang. Amen. Amen. I have a praise report. Brother Savage has been diagnosed with colitis. It's an infection of the intestinal colon. He's in great spirits now because he knows what's going on with him. Amen. And directly after service, we'll welcome uh, into the CBF family, Josh and Alicia Foster. So we'll give them the right hand of fellowship. So let's go before the Lord. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now, and forever. Amen. And look to your neighbor and say, I love you. Josh and Alicia, could you come forward? <laughs> 